Everybody, welcome. It is a back to our usual recording schedule, really. This definitely does not count as an emergency podcast because the emergency was two days ago. Uh, but we are back recording our second episode of the week, however you want to count that. And I don't think we'd be doing it but for the news that happened two days ago. That's a lot of preamble. Uh, this is this is not a rebuild. I'm Matt Trueblood. We've got the whole gang here: DJ Fox, Tom Nurse, Todd Trueblood. The whole All game. circled up uh, to talk about Craig's dudes, which is what we're going to call them from now on, right? Um, Craig's crew. Can we call them crew? Because I don't think crew. so. I, I no? think Craig's crew is what it's not anymore. <laughs> is it trademarked or anything like that? But man, yeah, huge news in Cubdom. We're not even going to rehash what the news is. You're not listening to this podcast if you don't already know. Uh, but we certainly have a lot to talk about, about how we reacted, how it you know reshapes our thinking about the off season. All I don't think I've ever been gobsmacked before, but I think it was <laughs> gobsmacked. I'm not sure exactly what that means, um, but I think it was. Right. Yeah, it's fitting. Seems fitting. Yeah, no. Word of the day out of the way right away. Gobsmacked is, <laughs> is accurate. It was... Uh, it was quite the the head spin throughout the the middle of the day on Monday. Just the sequence in which we found out all the different beats of the story, too. Uh, that it was, it seemed like council had it narrowed down to the Mets and the Brewers. We had no particular reason to even have the idea that he would come to the Cubs on the radar. Uh, then the Mets hire someone else and you go, OK, I guess it's the Brewers, especially since earlier in the day, Cleveland had announced their manager and it wasn't council. And then the news comes out, he's probably not going back to the Brewers. And then it's he's not taking one of the vacant managerial jobs. It's it's someone who already has a manager. And at that Did you point, suspect were, at that point, say what? Did you suspect at that point? I Could didn't dream this at that point. Yeah, I, I've been. Yeah, you guys, I don't I don't need to tell you. I have been uh not huge on David Ross as a manager. I'm huge on David Ross as a clubhouse presence in general. You know, I don't have a significant problem with the guy. There are a lot of things to like, but I have not been huge on David Ross as a manager all along. And I've been saying for multiple years that Craig Council is the best manager in baseball. Once we started to get the sense that something strange was happening, I did kind of have an inkling. Um, it sort of felt like the Joe Madden thing, which is what everyone's comparing it to now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good old Craig gets to be the new Ricky Renteria. Yeah. No. Not uh, Craig. Sorry. Ross. Ross new, gets yeah. to be the new. Yeah. 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 Other than well, Ricky's, being Ricky's a nice guy. So, I mean, there's worse things to be. He landed on his yeah. feet, too, with that. Um, where 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 did he end up going? <laughs> Manager <laughs> of the Yankees? No, that wasn't it. No, he, no, I think he's di it's a high school team in Paducah, I think. But on the way to whatever backwater he's in now, he managed the White Sox 
And then yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Got not quite the same thing done to him, but not far from it so that they could reinstall Tony LaRusa. So yeah. that worked out well. Wherever David goes next, he needs to look out for returning Hall of Famers. 80-year-old <laughs> Dusty Baker is going to crawl out of the crypt and take David out of his next game. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Or maybe Ooh, Ron probably. Washington in his next go-around somewhere else. <laughs> no, but the, the first thing I thought of is, I swear several weeks ago we were jokingly talking about trading for A.J. Hinch. Mm-hmm. And then we were making comments about how Ross was getting, you know, booted even though he was promised a job we had the wrong manager yeah (laughs) but we were addressing something like this yeah yeah well i think it was on a lot of people's minds again not because david ross is is bad per se but there are just aspects of the difficult job of being a big league manager that he wasn't good at or isn't good at because i do think he'll manage again in the big leagues at some point maybe even next season, there's still vacancies that you could see him. You know, I think he's involved in the Padres managerial search that's winding down right now. Um, so we'll see. But there's no question that it's an upgrade from him to Greg Council. And this sends a pretty clear message about how big an upgrade the Cubs think it is because they're willing to pay David Ross to not be their manager the next year. Wow. And on top of making Craig Council the highest paid manager in baseball history with a five-year guaranteed contract. So that's $13 million next year for managers <laughs> for the Cubs. But then it drops to $8.5 for four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so is, uh, is Council loved and respected enough that this is going to make a significant difference as the Cubs pursue various free agents over the winter? Like, that- I want to be a Cub now. Is that, a, is that a real thing? More so than Ross, you'd think, right? That's a good question, actually. I, I honestly think that might be the most interesting dynamic of this because I have no doubt that Craig Council is a better game manager than David Ross. I have no doubt that he's better at the subtle and extremely important skill of managing the grind of a long season so that your players get to the final month or two pressure so that you don't go through prolonged slumps you snap out of those faster maybe you sustain a streak a game or two longer he's so good at that kind of stuff Mm. he is not overwhelmingly charismatic which is is the way that this actually cuts against type for the cubs not only was david ross very charismatic and i think helped a lot with the recruitment of dansby swanson among others over the last couple of years um but going back, Joe Madden was way out there, gregarious. That's that's the mold for Cubs managers, and they've always done that. Before Madden, uh, there was Lou Pinella, there was Dusty Baker. You go back, I mean, Don Zimmer, Dallas Green, Leo DeRocher. The Cubs bring in great big personalities that everyone in the game already knows, and it's a part of their it's been a part of their organizational identity. When they go get a manager, they go get the the bombastic kind of guy. Craig Council is so not that. Um, so, and it's hard to tell because he's been managing Milwaukee 
where they can't recruit, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, a manager true. can help you recruit a free agent, but a manager can get you to come to his team for maybe a million dollars a year less or something, not for half price, which is what you'd have to do to get guys to flock to Milwaukee. Right. Yeah. So it's hard to gauge how good Craig council is at that part of this. And I think we're, we may see a new dimension of Craig council. Uh, that might be part of the challenge that he's been talking about ever since this, this shift happened where, yeah, the Cubs have a bunch of resources. Can council help you capitalize on them? Will people want to come play for council in a big way? I actually don't know that part. It's everything else about being a manager that I know he's better at. It seems like if that if that if the manager has an influence on free agents or whoever might be headed towards the Cubs, this the hype around this uh, transaction uh, should help with that because everybody's now. I mean, everybody was, was talking about this for 48 hours. Um, and everybody's saying, well, he is the best manager in baseball, the best manager in baseball, best manager in baseball. So if you were, if you're thinking, well, I need to go find the best manager in baseball, I should go to the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there's still a long shot to get Shohei Otani. But Shohei really appreciated playing for Joe Madden. And it wasn't the big personality stuff at that point. At that point in Madden's career or in the way that Shohei interacts with a manager, it was Madden used him aggressively. Madden was the one who said, we're going to let you DH and pitch and, you know, overlap the two more and all that stuff. And Shohei felt like that unlocked him. Uh, I think, you know, there's a little bit of, of that to it. I think there are, there's a nice confluence of the Cubs get three gold glove winners for what that's worth, which is nothing, but we don't have to talk about that right now. Uh, <laughs> but I think hey, one of these days we're going to have to do a complete, the, the entire podcast just on Matt's opinions of gold glove awards. No, we've already done one or two. Or but just point is, uh, anytime we talk like, about, or just anytime we talk about if a guy's like Hall of Fame worthy, the uh, first thing we bring up is how many gold gloves they have. Every <laughs> like for the rest of time. Okay, he had four thousand hits. He had eight hundred homers. But how many gold gloves did he win? Really? I mean, how good could he really be? All right, monsters. Uh, but it was so those three guys winning the gold gloves. And then the next day, the Cubs getting Craig Council is a nice little advertisement, especially for a starting pitcher that you might chase. And yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Council is extremely good at managing pitchers, knowing when to take them out and when not to. Um, he's guided a Cy Young winner in the very recent past. Uh, and you stack that with an excellent defense and you've got a, a real nice pitch to make. But yeah, we'll see, see how much power that has. I think the real power is going to be the message the Cubs sent by getting counsel is the checkbooks wide open. If that turns out not to be true, that's a problem. But I, I'm pretty sure that's what it means. What else could it really mean, right? If you can spend $8 million on your manager, you should be spending 
250 million in total on your roster, you'd think. Yeah, I'm coaches. The, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Todd. What about uh, the, the existing Cubs coaching staff? What happens there now? It's, it's tricky. They were hoping to retain them. Yeah. And I think most I of them are going to stick around. Andy Green has interviewed for every managerial vacancy in the league, the incumbent bench coach. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets one of them, Padres or Astros, probably. Um, so Green could be gone that way. One or two other guys might be bumped and displaced by people council brings along. But most of the Brewers coaching staff had already re-signed for 2024. And I'm guessing the Brewers aren't in the mood to do Craig a lot of favors. <laughs> and it sounds like his guy, like Council's like main guy that he would want to bring over is now in the running for that job, right? I don't remember the guy's name, but his bench coach, Pat Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Um now I will say in the running, uh, I think it was Matt Arnold, the Brewers head of baseball ops said today they're going to very seriously consider Murphy for the managerial job if he doesn't get it his options are open he is the only coach who had not re-signed um, and that that's for a clear reason <laughs> like I, I don't think he's the number one favorite for that job and if he doesn't get it I think he bolts and comes with counsel to Chicago. But other than that, the goal is to keep the coaching staff mostly static. Did you guys hear, did we talk about this last week or on our last show? Um, they, you know, John Maley came back and was hitting coach in Iowa yep. last year. They promoted him to the big league <clears throat> staff already. So there will be a little bit of turnover, but they want to keep Tommy Hadovy. Uh They want to keep Mike Napoli, and I think Willie Harris, although Harris may have a couple opportunities elsewhere to sort of take the next step up toward being a manager himself eventually. But most of the staff will stay the same, and unless he gets that job in Milwaukee, you can't have a guy named Pat Murphy who wants to come be a bench coach for the Cubs and not make him one. That's It's too good. The fit is perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's the status of the coaching staff we'll just have to wait and see because the other thing is even if the brewers aren't in the mood to do council any favors and even if these coaches are technically under contract if there's a coach who says i signed up hoping it would be craig craig is going elsewhere and i'd like to follow him they can block that but the custom is not to block that mm. in cases like this so we'll see Yeah. Um, well, let's. Are they throwing the at us the first game then? <laughs> you know, I'm probably the only one in this group that hopes so. You you just want to see a brawl between the managers, or yeah, I mean, let's go full on Larusa in uh, in in Dusty back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Or anytime I... there's a close inside pitch to William Contreras, he gets all huffy puffy. The roles have been completely reversed. Yeah. Right. The Brewers actually hire David Ross. That'd be perfect. <laughs> it would be. 
be almost like uh, Renteria. He just went to the White Sox after the Cubs cut him. So I don't. I I think Ross is on the very much on the periphery of that search, but he's not completely excluded from it. So it actually could happen, and that would be hilarious. So where yeah. where could he go though? Ross. Yeah. What's your best guess? San Diego. Um, okay. Yeah. Pretty nice weather. Because he'll be able to deal with superstars that are a bunch of. Yeah, I mean, bad clubhouse. Wow. Yeah. You can turn it around. Although, who knows who's going to be left there after this winter? Yeah. Well, he could be managing uh, Christopher Morel and Javier Assad, for all wow. we know. Wow. Uh, the The latest report out of San Diego is that the Padres are are looking hard at ways to populate their roster with guys making less than a million, except for the ones who are making like 30 million, <laughs> like Manny Machado mm-hmm. and you Darvish and Fernando Growing Tatis Jr. and Xander Bogarts. And can you believe <laughs> that the San Diego Padres have that many guys making 30 million? Um, but the idea in a Soto trade would be to get multiple cost control guys who help right away including and especially on the pitching staff. So Uh whereas we've been talking about Morel as the centerpiece of that kind of deal, it might be an Assad or a Jordan Wicks or something. So, Boy, I hate hate the idea of giving up uh, somebody who really stepped up and threw some good innings. Um, Yeah. To to do it, it would have to be part of a, a set of moves. And we talked about this last time, where yeah, the timing of a Soto deal would be important because you'd want to make it and then know, okay, we just gave up some of our starting pitching depth in order to get this done. Now we need to go really hard into that pitching market, whether that means getting two different guys or getting someone you really trust as as an ace or a co-ace in the rotation. But, yeah. Well, and, every, you know, again, 48 hours, it's everything everyone was talking about. Um, at least that I people I listen to, um, and they're all saying you can't make this move to fire Ross and bring in Council and not follow it up with some big time moves to bolster the roster. Exactly. So whatever it means, whatever that means, um, it, bringing Randy Johnson out of retirement to pitch two innings a month. I don't know what it is. Um, whatever it is that it, it needs to happen, and. My again, being an old Cub fan, my worry is that the Cubs don't always do what you're supposed to do. They do the thing. We brought in Dave Kingman. Yeah, that's it. We brought in uh, Alfonso Soriano. Yeah, that was it. That's all. That's we don't need to do anything else. Um, they need to do. They need to do some more stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's no question. And I think uh, only time will tell. We don't have clear enough uh, picture of, of where anyone's going yet to evaluate whether they're going to do what they need to do. But it's pretty clear that this move sort of forces you to to back it up. Because if they weren't already thinking this way, now you've got to be thinking there's no slow build. This is the window is now open. It's just like when they got Madden that way. The same winter they replaced Renteria with Madden, 
was the winter they traded for Miguel Montero, signed John Lester, uh, signed David Ross along with John Lester, uh, re-signed Jason Hamill, and then traded for Dexter Fowler too. Didn't so, they get Hayworth that winter too, or no? That was the following winter that they got mm -hmm. Hayworth. But adding Lester, Montero, and Fowler especially sort of overhauled the team right away. In addition to the young guys they knew were going to be taking over various spots in 2015. That's, that's the kind of follow-up you have to do when you make this big a change. It would look different this time, but today, Carter Hawkins, he's real, guys. He, he is real. Flesh and blood, Carter Hawkins was on a camera talking about the construction of the team and how they were going to behave this winter. And he said they'll be active in both the trade and free agency markets, which is just super obvious and boring. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just a boilerplate <laughs> thing to say. But uh, it probably has to be true. They're going to have to do both things. And we'll just have to wait and see which things in each market they get done. I have a new goal yep. in life. And it's to never know what Carter Hawkins looks like. I've not seen him on camera. I've not seen any pictures. And if either one of you two youngsters send me a picture, you're on. You're going to be on my list. <laughs> Todd, did you did you see what uh, Carter's like job was in this whole council move? <laughs> <laughs> he was driving, or what? His did job pick was him up to the airport. His no, his job was to call the players and tell them about Ross. That was that was what he got to do. <laughs> yeah, Meanwhile, well, that's, Jet, a, well, that's important. Doing everything. I mean, it's a pretty important job, but yeah. not the job that you'd want to do as the general manager. See, but his first task in that entire, you know, that's a big project. You get to call those players, but his first task was like, hey, does anybody know their numbers? <laughs> yeah. They don't yep. have phone books anymore and uh, it probably don't even have corporate directories. And, and it took forever because he's first off, he's like, hey, Dansby, uh, this is Carter. Uh, Carter Hawkins. Yeah, yeah, I'm the I'm the general manager. No, no, the general. No, no, nothing about your warranty. This is about <laughs> Carter Hawkins, not Connor. No, no, it's. I'll, I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah. And every time he actually got one of them on the phone, he then had to convince them to give him two of their teammates' numbers because he, <laughs> he did not have them all. Yeah. So really, when it comes down to it, he's a hell of a salesman because, you know, to get all that done it, and he had to probably do it like, in you know, 12 or 14 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I just thought that was so fitting. It is pretty good. And without giving anything away, Carter Hawkins is even more bland looking than you can imagine. So <laughs> it's... <laughs> It is perfect execution, top to bottom. Uh, I think the only other news that I wanted to to touch on tonight, mostly we want to talk about council and what all of that means. Um, but did you guys see the news today that Bryce Harper is moving permanently to first base for the Phillies? Wow. Yeah, that's Which crazy, is isn't it? One more step toward realizing dj's prediction of 
of Reese Hoskins signing to play first base for the Cubs. Telling uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, or is, that a, season. is that a good thing? I, I, I've heard the name. That's about all I got. He'll yeah. be the comeback player of the year if he is. <laughs> it's not automatic, I don't think. I, I <laughs> That'd be great, but it seems, seems like a lot to hope for. But Hoskins has really good power, and it would it's awfully streaky at times. But he sort of smoothed that out over the last couple of years, then got hurt before he could do anything in his walk year this year. I mean, tore his ACL in spring training. So uh, I don't know. It, it would be a bit of a roll of the dice. But the other news, I guess, that we could mention is in the – scrum at the GM meetings tonight, Jed mentioned that Christopher Morell is playing first base in winter ball. And that's one position that they envision him getting a lot of work at. So if they don't trade Morell, Morell might just be the first baseman. And I think I'd rather have Reese Hoskins than Morell. So. Yeah. Well, it all comes. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just so many uh, twists that could happen because if you are, if you're planning to be active in the in the trade market, then morale is is attractive to others. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I still Jed's quote, which I'm not gonna pull up and read word for word or anything, but the way he sort of phrased it was he really trusts Morell as a second baseman, except they're not gonna need him at second base. He kind of likes him as a corner outfielder, but they're set in the corner outfield spots. So they're going to get him a lot of work at first base because that's where they sort of envision him. Um, then he, I, there was an ex, a sentence where he just explicitly said, I think he could really play second base for someone else. Wow. Like, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> you're, you're trading him in your head a little bit, aren't you, Jed? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if that someone else happens to have a starting pitcher that, you know, is doing really well, I'd love to talk. Yeah. So we'll see what comes of that. Uh, but I do think more in Jed's head, I think the goal is to make Morell as big a piece and as important a trade as possible. And playing him at all next year, you know, having him as a part of the roster for 2024 is a fallback plan. It's a pretty good fallback plan, but I don't think it's his preference at this point. So. We'll see where where that leads to. I, You guys know I'm in Minnesota and tied in with the Twins. And the news that hit yesterday for them is that they're cutting payroll this winter. They, hmm. they had one of the deals with Valley Sports that expired at the end of this past season. And they obviously won't be signing a new deal with that company because it's bankrupt. And while there's still a lot of uncertainty about how they'll set up broadcast rights for next year, they know it's going to eat into their revenue somewhat. So they're scaling back payroll, which is probably going to create some opportunities for the Cubs, whether that's trading for Jorge Polanco to be the starting third baseman, um, could be a chance to scoop up Kyle Farmer as a utility guy who would replace probably in one swoop, replace both Wisdom and Madrigal as a bench guy and a real good clubhouse dude too. So a lot of different, a lot of different possibilities are 
out there. The GM meetings didn't answer as many questions as they sometimes do, but you know, the Cubs got a brand new manager, so I guess we can't complain too much. Yeah, and he seems to be a good one. It's he's always been one of those guys that, you know, I've, even when he was a player, it's like, dang it, he bugs the shit out of me because he's he's just good enough to drive you nuts. Oh, yeah. um, and so having him on our team is finally uh, a, maybe a good thing. Yeah. I mean, I I love having Craig Council running this team. I think it's there's no downside there. Um, it's they pay a bit of a transaction cost when you fire a manager that is part of it. And there will be a little controversy around this particular one because of the way it happened and because David Ross was on the 2016 Cubs and all of that. Yeah. I think that's going to clear away really fast because it's just different. I mean, you can, I'm sure he'll feel wounded for a while, but eventually you'll be able to bring him back and get standing ovations as an alumnus of the 2016 team. Hey, we haven't seen Ricky Renteria yet. (laughs) Well, he was not. Notably, an alumnus of the 2016 team. That's true. Any yeah. other Cubs team. So yeah. that made the connection a little more tenuous. We'll see. I'm with okay. DJ, though. I'm waiting for the the Ross shoes to drop and to, to get the reaction and, and hear the hear, hear what's going through his head. It'll be interesting. I mean, he, he wasn't always one to just hold back. I mean, right. He had he had some quotes this year in the last couple of years that were like, "Oh shit, okay." <laughs> well, so he's got to think gonna... about his next job, so yeah, he's probably holding his tongue. But when yeah. he becomes first base coach for the Yankees, then he can let it rip or wherever he's <laughs> next. Yeah, it's probably. I don't even know. It depends on what new job he gets, but there are jobs he could get that might make him hesitant to fully speak his mind, even then. But yeah, and what's what what te- what uh, jobs are open? I mean, you mentioned Houston and, and San Diego. I don't know any others. Uh, the Angels just filled theirs today. And then there's the Brewers. Uh, and I think that's it. Unless I'm forgetting someone. Uh, well, also started. hitting hitting coach in, in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They should offer him that. Maybe could just it could be council's bench coach or or better bullpen coach. I mean, he knows the guys already. They're right in. Someone put Carter Hawkins on a plane down to Tallahassee to <laughs> in person offer David Ross the hitting coach in Iowa job. <laughs> uh, that would be something you'd send Carter for. That's yeah, a mean, a mean again? thing to wish on anyone. Deej, <laughs> do you want to run through these? Uh, projections of the contracts that some of the top free agents are going to get before we wrap it yeah, up? Yes. So I just saw that. And of course the first one that I looked at was Bellinger because he's wearing a big Cubs hat and that number seems insane already. 12 what years, is that number DJ? 12 years, 264 million. 12 years. Uh, so he's 40. No kidding. Who's going to, who's going to do that? Talk about a comeback, huh? Um, that seems insane. I didn't think he was getting over two hundred million. So, so this, uh, so this is this is where baseball gets stupid for me because he had what two or maybe three shitty years, yeah, and one 
good comeback year. Good solid. He did a mm-hmm. hell of a job. Love it. And you reward him with with 12 years? <clears throat> That's just crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. I I don't understand that. It, yeah. The then you're paying Nola 150, Snell 200, and then a closer, Josh Hader, you're going to give 6 years 110. I Are there closers making that right now? Am I missing something? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure the Hader deal. These are projections from MLB.com. Am I remembering that? MLB trade rumors.com. MLB so. trade rumors. Yeah. So they put out a top 50 free agents list and predictions for each of them. And when that first got posted a couple of days ago, the consensus of people who saw it was these are pretty hot. These are pretty MLB trade rumors, whether it's because, and that used to just be an aggregator site. Now it's run by folks who have some connections, you know, can sort of talk to agents, teams in a very broad way in the background. It's it's run by the Players Association. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some of their sources (laughs) might be inside that group, but one way or another, I'm guessing it's not rooted in just a total, you know, wild, they're just being crazy. I'm guessing they heard from someone that they're expecting a sort of inflationary market this winter, which would make fine sense, I guess. Um, But also, like, the hater deal is modeled on Edwin Diaz's deal signed last winter, which was five years, 102 million, maybe something like that. Um, The Bellinger one is one we should talk about. It's they peg him at 12 and 264. So that's $22 million a year through his age 39 season. Yes. I just, that just makes me think we're not getting him. Sure. I will say I expect it to come in under that too. But the reason they're they're projecting that is because of the trend we saw last year where uh, Trey Turner, who is a couple years older than Bellinger is now, was a couple years older then than Bellinger is now, signed an 11-year deal. Uh, Xander Bogarts went to San Diego on an 11-year deal. Uh, some of the top-end free agents, especially Scott Boris clients, were signing these contracts where teams were knowingly stretching out the deal at an extra year or two to artificially lower the annual average value yeah. for tax purposes, competitive balance tax. So when I'm seeing 12 and 264 for Bellinger, I think they're that's kind of like a, a 10 and 250. And then there's two years that, you know, they're, Again, they're stretching it out, so it it saves a few million per year for whatever team signs him. But they're not really expecting to realize value from him over that full term. So that's why some of these deals look a little wacky. I don't think he's going to get $264 million either, but there was also a projection, maybe it was from Jim Bowden. It was someone that I don't really trust anyway, but... They projected him for six years and 144 million. That is just as nuts in the opposite direction. Uh, if you take the average 
of the AAV and the years on those two projections, you get nine years, 207 million. That's my guess for Bellinger, just right, right. in the middle of, of the endpoints. Nine and 207 makes some decent sense. It's 23 million a year, takes you to his age 36 season. He's still pretty young for a free agent. Um, that's that's a decent estimate. And at that price, it still should probably will intimidate the Cubs a little bit, given what they have and what they'd be asking him to do and their payroll picture for the long term. But it would be doable. Um, yeah. So there's a question, though. Do would they do that? I mean, like like I said, I I loved what he did this year. But the previous two or three years, he stunk on ice. So do you take that leap, given that he just came through and, and he, 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 I don't know if he, he would call it that he carried the Cubs, but he he carried his weight. What do you guys think? I don't know. You know, Todd's, Todd is right. Todd says it's not our money. But when I think <laughs> these long-term deals, anything, I mean, you yeah, you buried the meat, the lead, DJ. What what did they say for Otani? That was half a billion, right? Plus twelve years, five hundred and twenty-eight million. I mean, wow. So what if he, you know, tears something badly in a year and a half? You know, I mean, you just you just eat all that. Ugh. Forty-four million a year. Oh man, it's got to. Well, it's got to. I'm sure there's insurance. There's got to be insurance on those contracts. Yeah. I, I get people. that he's two players, but if he gets hurt, he's, he's well. He's still one player, player for next year, and then yeah. Yeah. thirty. You know, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 man, I don't know. It's that's a tough call. It's, and I'm glad I don't have to make it. I'm also equally glad that Carter's not making it. <laughs> uh, well he'll have to make a call at some point but it won't be a free agent <laughs> hey can somebody go pick up uh bellinger he needs to get to yeah that's the call he's he, making he probably has to call the guys on the 40 man that get booted out like hey just so you know we're making a move <laughs> you never want that call id to hear the odd man out <laughs> he's making calls from phone booths all over town so people can't see his number <laughs> Now they just know if Carter calls them, it's bad news. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I, the first reaction is that the Cubs would just not, it doesn't feel like a Jed Hoyer thing to spend $500 million plus on Shohei Otani. But the rumors are that they're at least going to be involved. So I guess we'll see. Uh, and I don't have a sense yet of, I, I think, Someone's going to ask Craig Council about it at his introductory presser next week, I guess it'll be. And we'll see what he answers. But I'm guessing how enthusiastic he is about a pursuit of Otani might shape how aggressive the Cubs get in going after Otani, too. I mean, if they get Cody, say it's 12 years, 250 million or something. Who cares what the money is, I guess. They're not going to go get somebody else anyway, right? And then is this the big splash that we're all saying they were going to get was just re-signing Bellinger, which is great. But that doesn't feel like we're a different team than last year because he was on the team last year. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I think 
I mean, it, it's weird, right? Because if they let Bellinger walk and yeah. sign someone we think of as roughly equivalent in value, in a weird way, we're going to be more excited about that because it'll yeah. it'll there'll be greater novelty, but it won't it's actually bloody. change the equation. Really, and I think we talked about this a few days ago. The thing is, they need two big pieces, two yep. big pieces, and a couple of complementary pieces. And whether that's Bellinger and someone else or two someone else's, it's got to be two. It can't be one. Uh, um, so probably one trade piece and one big free agent piece and then one smaller trade trade piece and one smaller free agent piece, something like that. Uh, I'll feel fine so, about it, whether it's Bellinger or not, as long as it's not only Bellinger, right? Well, right. What if it's Bellinger and Candelario? <laughs> that would be the smaller free agent piece. I don't. That would be. That definitely does not count as second big piece. Well, <laughs> but if it's Bellinger and trading for Soto, now we now we got something. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's True. a that's a pretty good, pretty deep lineup. Um, a lot of versatility, still a lot of defensive value. Uh. And then I we guess still the got Master is... Boney at third base, though. <laughs> he started growing on you, though, Todd, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, like a fungus, like <laughs> a I jock was, I was going to say, I think he was actually even shorter by the end of the year than he was at the beginning. <laughs> uh, and he's 145 pounds. Oh, no, wait, that was morale. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll ask, this is a random question, but I've been kicking it around a lot as I try to sort of construct a, a roster for next year. There's probably room for one and exactly one, no more, no less, of Madrigal or Wisdom. Who would you each prefer to be on the team oh, next year? God. Do I even have to answer this out loud? Yeah, because but you, you were can. down on Madrigal like everyone was. You've groused about both of them. I everyone was, on this no, podcast, including no. me, has taken turns grousing about each of them. So I I have been a defender of Madrigal since the beginning you guys were down on him i've defended madrigal and i was okay with wisdom until we went to that game and he basically <laughs> peed his pants and on, on at home plate yeah and yeah that was just awful and now i i really i, I, I if he comes back it's really going to be a thorn in my side it's it, it kind of makes me queasy just talking about it yeah, but you can't watch Wisdom in a visiting ballpark because you can't hear his awesome walk-up music. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's like I'm, it's raining men or something like that. <laughs> That's pretty close. That's pretty close, Todd. <laughs> it, it's a Whitney Houston song. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I wish someone had the guts to do that. <laughs> the, the problem with, well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's raining so that's one vote for Madrigal. Tom? Oh, am- okay. I'm sorry. I'm going to go with Wisdom. He's going to break out the- about one year and actually hit 220 to go along with his 26 home runs. So I yeah. got $100. Uh-oh. To do it says he doesn't hit 220. <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking that bet. <laughs> yeah. I know who DJ is going to say, but let's hear him say it. He might be indisposed at the moment, uh, uh, but who who do you think he's leaning toward? Madrigal? Yes. Yeah. And that would be mine, too. 
Um, just because, A, wow, was the defense good at third base yes, once he moved there. Uh, and, B, I think he has more versatility in terms of backing up second base should an injury happen, especially if you don't have Morrell on the roster. If someone gets hurt, you can have Madrigal slide to second and Swanson or Horner at short. Uh, so he gives you versatility that Wisdom doesn't. But it's an interesting interesting dilemma that I think they're going to run into. Obviously, the two are not similar players, but I think their, their utility to this particular roster is going to end up competing with one another. So the it might depend was- on what kind of free agent they add you know, offensively too, which one, if you add a guy who's real power first, maybe Madrigal complements the group better at that point. But if it's someone more balanced or more leans toward contact, although off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you who that would be, then, you know, it might be wisdom who, who rounds things out better. Going back to the way rosters were set up in the seventies and eighties and uh, and not, I don't know if that was good or not, but there always seemed to be guys on that they considered bench players and who were always there for pinch hitting. They're always in there to 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 give a guy a breather or whatever. And the the good thing about them, they they weren't great players, but they were for the most part decent hitters. You know, you know, you'd have these guys that would you know like uh, you know Richie Hebner and Jay Johnstone and. Uh, Hollinsworth and people like that who if you pinch hit for if you pinch hit with them you pretty good chance they're going to do something for you whatever it is sacrifice fly bunt hit whatever uh, or if they come in for a day they're going to do a good job wisdom god bless America he comes in and he craps his pants in front of everybody and, and, and once a month he hits a home run or maybe twice and everybody's like, oh, he's got so much power. Well, yeah, so did, whatever. It's just, it's not enough. And he he has pissed me off and he's forever in my <laughs> doghouse. It's the strikeouts. It's the perception. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, it's the perception. Those other guys, you know, John Stone wouldn't strike out, you know, a third of the yeah. time. And so he's still only hitting, you know, 254 off the bench or whatever, but it sure seems like, you know, hey, he made contact anyway. It's the, and, and the old, the old professional hitters that, that uh, right. Vince Lloyd would talk about. And, yeah. But they would come through with clutch hits. And this guy, has he ever had a clutch hit? His homers are always like, you know, 485 feet when we're down 10 to 2. <laughs> He, I step away. I step away. I let the dogs out quick, and I come back to this, and it's amazing. Yeah. You're doing great, guys. Yeah, thanks. Did you hear the question I posed, Deej? I, I did not. Okay. All right. My theory is that on next year's roster, there will be room for one and only one of Madrigal and Wisdom. And I was asking which everybody would prefer. Oh, yeah. I think we're all probably on the same page with Madrigal, then, right? No, I'm for wisdom. I'm going with wisdom. You forgot really? about our resident iconoclast. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that the one we got to look up? <laughs> I can't believe you're going with wisdom. No, I'm not. Good God. Okay. No, I'm going with wisdom. I'm, I'm going to it's, it's, see actually, it through. I'm actually Keegan and, Keegan and wisdom. I'm yeah, dying right. that hill. Keegan and wisdom. <laughs> Tom needs uh, Patrick Wisdom's power in support of Keegan Thompson staff ace. <laughs> 
So yeah, you uh, know, it just next year is going to be better because we're oh those guys, old hoss and old horse and old his. oh man, <laughs> oh that was rough. We all tried to you know have a stiff upper lip and put a brave face on it, but God. Dang. You know, I, I lost it, but I saw them on a free agent list. I meant to mention that to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. I'll have to dig it up. I'll dig it up for you. Uh, Mancini wants another two-year contract. Mancini. <laughs> he's, he's still on. The amazing thing about Mancini, he's a free agent out there right now. He's getting paid by the Cubs next year. I mean, yeah, anyone how does can that sign work? Him. He and Ross Good. and Hayworth. The Cubs. How, the Cubs so how does that? I know you'd never do this, but how does that work? If you have a two-year contract, you cut a guy halfway through the first one, and then it's coming around to the second year, and you're like, "Gosh, we could use that guy." <laughs> Go pick him back up. Or <laughs> <laughs> not like he's him. doing anything else. Hey, does he have uh, to report? Does he have to report? That's a great question. If you are cut, yeah. And they go, you know what? We we had some injuries. We're gonna need you back. Does he have to come back? I don't know. <laughs> Comes it's back just... and he's put on like twenty five pounds and he's smoking. <laughs> I will say the wall. Have some kind of right to indenture if he, yeah, it, it's worth a shot. I seriously, I seriously would want Henry Mancini on the team before. <laughs> be better walk up music anyway. <laughs> no kidding. Then <laughs> anyway. Yeah, thing from New Heart, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I I had something else to talk about quick, but I don't remember what it is, and that's fine. Uh, we'll wrap the show for for tonight because this was just meant to be a quick one talking about council, and we have even more to dig in on about Craig Council, but it can wait for another day. Uh, and hopefully, we'll hear from Ross before we meet again. That's right. It's gonna happen soon. Uh this is this is not a rebuild. We're available on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. If you haven't found us that way already, uh, you can check out my work on the Cubs at northsidebaseball.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at not a rebuild. Uh I'm at MA Trueblood. You can tweet directly at me if you want to hide some question or comment away from the rest of this group and have me spring it on them unsuspecting like uh otherwise we'll be back probably this time next week unless big news breaks and the cubs hire yet another manager and we need to start talking care. about we need to start talking about uh bologna sandwich launches again so somebody's sure. gonna invite us there we go yeah off we'll season guest, guest schedule coming soon there's going to be less work on his farm too in the winter, so maybe we'll have to head down there soon. Is there, is there anyone that could display?